my name is Dylan God, and I'm stupid. I'm really dumb, and I have wet shits all the time, and I eat my boogers, and I am a beta. I don't know anything, and my best friend is John. I'm Dylan Dylan God, and this is the only fun part of this episode, because we're talking about Vince McMahon being a super predator. I said we shouldn't, and then Dylan said I want to, and then I said, oh God, I hate Vince McMahon, and Dylan was like, I love him, though. Hey, Dylan, it's me, John. There you go, baby. That was some fucking... What parody was that? I don't fucking... I don't know. It was more just... I gotta say... I gotta kill some time because I don't want to talk... I don't want to do this episode and I don't think neither do you because it's really fucking brutal and sad and reminds us... With each passing moment of this episode, it reminds us, oh, I've given money and I and a good portion of my life to a, uh, a psychosexual abuser. Allegedly. Maybe. Uh, yeah, allegedly. Oh, by the way, if Jerry McDivitt is listening, and I'm sure he is, because that guy definitely has Vince McMahon and Predator in his Google alerts, allegedly, supposedly, supposedly, allegedly. Um, Did you allegedly, supposedly, Jerry McDivitt is right now taking a shower with all his clothes on and listening to <laughs> an iPod, like the original iPod that you could literally just like go into, like you could take that iPod into the end of Terminator 2. They could slowly lower you yeah, yeah, into yeah. the lava and it would be still be fine. That's how Jerry McDivitt showers. And he's not right now, if you just reverse the end of Terminator 2, that's what he's doing and he's going to come and beat me and John both to <laughs> yeah, death yeah. with just an 80s cell phone. Jerry McDivitt has ne- Jerry McDivitt uh isn't a never nude. He he has been naked, but it's either top or bottom. He's never both at the same time. He's either shirt cocking or he's exposing those abs. Mm-hmm. Cuz I know what you're all thinking you're thinking, "Hey, hey, is Jerry McDivitt what is what does he do in the gym? Core every day. He's only core cuz he <laughs> Yeah. No legs, no arms, no shoulders, no neck, core only. <laughs> when he has sex, he pulls his dick through his uh, through his <laughs> pants, which are always suit pants, and he never takes off any of his clothes because, as his wife always says, I, he doesn't think he knows my agenda yet. <laughs> I don't know your agenda, woman. Yeah. Mm, object. You're lucky I don't have sunglasses on. The, the you, I let you see these fucking eyes. Just because I married you doesn't mean I trust you, Mrs. McDivitt. You're just a good hole. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> mm, yeah, you're just a wet thing that I know won't talk, but I don't know that yeah, for yeah. sure. Also, <laughs> do you, when you picture Jerry McDivitt, is he wearing a bolo tie? Because every time I picture him, he's wearing a bolo tie. Like, I picture literally a cross between... Yeah, cowboy hat. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's he's basically the guy that comes to intimidate Robert De Niro in Casino. They're like, well, we got to kick a Jew's uh, ass out of town. That guy, that's who I picture Jerry McDivitt being. Like, just he's just literally, you're having lunch with him. He eats off of your plate. Uh... Well, let me just tell you about <laughs> about a man named Vince McMahon. You can try to sue him, but you need to understand uh, he's the reason Nicole Simpson died. Oh, yeah, baby. He's the guy that was like, hey, Marcus Allen, you should fuck this girl. <laughs> if you've seen the OJ documentary, that makes sense. Guys, this is Vince McMahon. <laughs> the the allegations have, episode. It, because oh, go ahead. We were call it we were gonna call it Vince McMahon Predator. Which I do like the idea of that Predator comes to Earth and then Vince McMahon um, just makes Predator feel very uncomfortable and Predator leaves Earth and everyone's like, doesn't Predator just stick around and try and murder people? No, no. And he's like, well, this time, this time he was made uncomfortable by a man who just telling him, kept telling him to show him what he's got under those pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, why are you wearing a mask? What are you, a Mexican? <laughs> no masks in my company. Yeah. Get the hell out of here, El Santo. Mm, what are you going to do? Didn't, that was like, because for a short time, on many of the things that v- the Vince McMahon lore that we didn't get to talk about was, in the 90s, they tried a luchador thing for a bit, and Vince McMahon just wanted to unmask everybody, and then it ended. It was like two weeks where he's like, and then everyone unmasked. It's the light heavyweight, light heavyweight, oh, the, 1997 is really the year of Vince McMahon found a wall and was like, time to throw some shit at this. Uh, he that was also the time of the minis where you had Mini Vader, Max Mini, all of them. And yes. the, the reason why they stopped showing up is because they were like, "Can this guy just stop calling us every fucking pejorative for a little person?" And they were like, "Oh n- no, it's in your contract." And then Jerry McDivitt walks out of a woman's room, 
but and he's completely wet from head to toe, and he's just toilet water in there is a saltier than the men's. That is in your contract. <laughs> I guarantee you. Because first thing we got to talk about, of course, we got to talk about we uh, we addressed the Vince McMahon Jimmy Snuka. Uh, Nancy Argentino situation. Of course, yeah. So v- where uh, Jimmy S- some no goodness went on. Yeah, where Jimmy uh, Jimmy Snuka did a real uh, Dylan God in two years, and uh, and Vince McMahon was a real not how John Hastings is jumped behave. off the top of a cage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Silently did pills quietly. That's what I mean by that. No, Jimmy Snuka uh, murdered his girlfriend, and then Vince McMahon was like. Oh my God! This could affect a taping of Superstars. Better get the old a- allegedly attache, the uh, uh, yeah allegedly the old attaché case out and hand it over. Uh, allegedly, I like that we're being real careful about this, but we've just been calling Jerry Lawler whatever we want for like three years. I mean, but again, we that's a funny voice, and all of that's done under satire. Also, I have a feeling oh, it's uh, yeah satire. Yeah, satire. I also feel that if Jerry Lawler were to sue us, I would. I would defend myself in that case because his lawyer would be a can of Coke and Jimmy Hart. Like, I guarantee Jerry Lawler would be like, <laughs> I am a Memphis. Ha ha! The judge probably has a daughter. I'll date the daughter. Ha ha! But it's also one of those things where it's like, I guarantee, like, if you go against Jerry Lawler in a lawsuit, you're going to win and he's or he's settling. Vince McMahon allegedly, supposedly did a lot of fucked up shit to women. He will literally be like, well, there's only, finally, the WrestleMania main event I wanted. Me versus consent. No chance. <laughs> no, 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 no. No chance in hell. Bah, 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 bah. Like that, the whole Shawn Michaels versus God angle was supposed to be Vince and Shane versus consent, but they couldn't find any wrestler who had ever asked for consent, so they went with God instead. It would have been Shawn Michaels, by the way, turning on consent midway through that match, if anyone knows that It would have been Shawn Michaels attacking consent the way Hercules Hernandez uh, attacked Shawn Michaels at at SummerSlam 91. Arguably the nerdiest reference there that has ever happened on this this very program. Absolutely not. I have mentioned Ring of Honor a bunch of times and you get visibly upset. It's visible over audio how upset you get. Yeah, because all of the blood's rushing to my cock. (laughs) <laughs> HD TV. What is it? HD net. The best era of ROH. If you don't like that, come at me. And you know what? We'll both hurt each other because we, if we're fighting over Ring of Honor, we both have skin disorders. I really enjoy it when the Ring of Honor was doing those internet pay-per-views that never worked. That was my favorite era of, of Ring oh, of Honor. Oh, yeah. Who started internet pay-per-views and then Ring of Honor was like, we'll do it. We have this dial-up modem and this guy who said he can get a bunch of grapefruit. I feel like it was like Chikara or something like that did it. And then Ring of Honor was like, how about we do that? But it never works. And they were like, well, that's not Vince McMahon. That's not Vince McMahon uh, being horrible. So here are some of the main allegations. One we're going to delve into that's going to be the first half of the episode is... Miss Rita Chatterton, because mm. Rita Chatterton went on Geraldo because this is when no one took wrestling seriously. Oh, yes. And made an allegation that Vince McMahon sexually assaulted her. This was in 1992, the allegation was, on the Geraldo Rivera show. Now it can be told. I mean, for uh, the problem with this story, before we get into it, besides Rita Chatterton and, to a lesser extent, David Schultz, it involves only monsters. Like... um. Uh, Geraldo Rivera is noted for going on yeah. Fox News when they announced that Osama bin Laden is killed, and it was like, "Well, it's either it's either good news or there's been a nuclear attack from Libya." It was probably that. What's your evidence of that, Geraldo? Ev- Shut up! I have a mustache. Um, now, yeah, as you said, Geraldo basically pivoted from the hippie on TV to it's Fox News time, baby girl. Yeah, Geraldo Rivero did the classic thing where he's like, if it bleeds, it leads, and now it's time to cut some liberals. Um, uh, Chatterson. Oh, yeah, and uh, he got famous with the whole what's in Al Capone's vault? Turns out nothing because who cares? It's basically <laughs> what it is. He got famous because Morton Downey Jr. imploded because Morton Downey Jr. was basically the most extreme. Ver- like, Morton Downey Jr. was. Alex Jones minus conspiracy theories plus just saying crazy shit plus was on actual television. Um, and then Geraldo was like, all right, well, as long as I don't do go as far as that guy, I'll be on television for 30 years. Anyway, uh, 
Chatterton's uh, encounter uh, uh, allegedly Jerry McDivitt allegedly uh, took place uh, in Vince McMahon's limousine on July sixteenth, nineteen eighty six. One year and four days after I was born. A weird way for Vince McMahon to celebrate that day. Uh, six days, pardon me. Yeah, one year and six days after I was born. They were on their way to John Hastings' belated birthday party. Yes, exactly. And Vince McMahon celebrated in a way that I do not approve of. Two ways. One, using a limousine that's uh, wasteful of fossil fuels. Two, assaulting a woman. Bo- mm. Both things on my no-no list. Uh, Chatterson claimed uh, by refusing to acquiesce to McMahon's desires uh, that her booking as a referee ceased. Uh, she said the reason it took six years to come forward was because her parents were on the best of health and she didn't want to put them through uh, surely what would be a stressful legal fight since her name would be run through the mud. Both of her parents had now passed away. Yes. Her father passed away just a few weeks uh, ago. And the combination of that and everyone else coming forward is why she claims that she came forward with these charges. She admits to telling others in the wrestling business about them back in 1986. Now, 1992 is, of course, the run-up to the steroid trial. It's also the, the um, Ring Boy scandal coming to a head and accusations coming forward of Vince McMahon. All of this scans to me totally, completely of Vince McMahon as a bag of shit human being in power, allegedly, supposedly, in that he has he allegedly has power. I don't know if he necessarily does. You fucking ball sack with a haircut. Um, <laughs> there you thank go. you, Dylan. And then what he does is he wants to he wants to fucking he wants to put some, his own stripe on the referee shirt, shall we say? And she says, "I will not tap out to you, sir." And then he goes, "All right, well then you don't have a job because." I'm a man, and it's the 80s, and women are for two things in the office, uh, loudly commenting on their posterior or being toilets. So, um, and I already have my wife for the uh, solids and the wets, so you get the fuck out of my company, Rita. <laughs> That's pretty much what happens. She's a, she's a referee, one of the first female referees. They don't really talk about her because of this. They would, totally. Yes. This is totally the thing where it'd be like, WWE has always actually been at the head of the women's revolution. If you look back at this referee that my father may have sexually assaulted, uh-oh, nope, sorry, cut the camera. Yeah, yeah. It's, again, one of the many reasons why the WWE probably avoided a women's revolution is for a long time, because they're like, we got to wait until Vince McMahon's libido drops if we have more than four female wrestlers in the uh, in the company we'll be up to our eyes in lawsuits thanks to this saggy lidded fucking pederast um now the statute of limitations had expired in the case and she came uh oh, one of the people that she was told one of the industry's biggest names um was according to dave Meltzer about a conversation chatterton had right after the incident which corroborated but contradicted aspects of the story the statute of limitations had expired in the case uh, as far as a legal or civil tort for the alleged act is concerned. However, her attorney, Robert Wolf of New York, was presuming legal action on the case based on his ability to prove that this was not an isolated incident but a constant pattern within the company. Basically, they were trying to prove that it was a what, Dylan? Pattern. Not an isolated incident. One thing we should mention is that Joe Stewart, who is the limo driver, fully corroborated this story. Yeah, so that's an interesting point, of course. Um, and it's one of those things where... And for those of you there, I hope that noise that uh, John's phone made made it onto the recording, because that was very well timed. So do I. What, basically what's happened is my iPhone is broken and won't let me turn the ringer off. And someone is texting me, so I've now had to just turn my phone off. Um, <laughs> and the problem is the nature no, The nature of the text is... didn't hit it with a rock. I mean, it's going to also really send a weird message to that person, but hey, what is... What's going to happen? Who cares? What is important is that obviously, yeah, the limo driver corroborates the story. Um, a lot of people were told about the story in this time, and it's 100% believable that Vince McMahon would behave in this way because he doesn't think women are people. He thinks they're property to be true. Well, he's also, it's 1986. WrestleMania 1 is passed. Like, this man's minted. Cocaine is flowing. The steroids are ooh, baby. He's finally fucking... As we've addressed on this show, the mindset of a man who tried to climb a mountain a bunch of times, evil can evil. He tried to climb a mountain with um, promoting boxing match that I forget now. Oh, what, Ali versus Anoki he tries. And then finally, after 15 years of trying, something that this guy tries is finally hit. They're a big, big hit on MTV. And... He's fucking on top of the world, and he doesn't think anyone's ever going to say no. And these stories are all across entertainment and everything. Man with tons of power. 
basically thinks he can do anything and woman says no years later she comes out because she's fucking terrified yeah you would be fucking terrified again Benjamin is an incredibly powerful person in new york it and also is a television personality is the owner of this company has essentially a company of goons that work for him you know what i mean like there's a bunch of stuff to this that's fucking these are 80s wrestlers these are not the baristas that we know now these are not the crossfit addicts yeah yeah yeah. uh, no one's scared of seth rollins seth rollins comes to your house he's like uh i challenge you to the rowing machine i think you're gonna get quite tired this guy has dick dr d david schultz where he's like I saw a reporter just told me that he thought a hammerlock was fake. I'm going to hit him with a hammer to prove to him that hammers aren't fake. What's up, everybody? It's me, old Stan Hansen. Don't work for the company. Just heard a woman was talking badly about a man. I'll let you know I shit in every part of your house that holds water. (laughs) Usually I don't agree with making Stan Hansen out to be a rude man. All right. (laughs) Chatterton went into... um, Sorry. So he basically... Vince McMahon does the whole thing where he's promising to make her a star. She says that McMahon made promises to make her a star in the Now piece. And twice... Also, we should say this. On the Geraldo show, um, Vince McMahon refused to appear. Probably a good option because, as we know, Vince McMahon... (laughs) Vince McMahon's... No, you did it. Oh, yeah? Fuck you. That's how he responds. To, like, he responds like a shitty third grader to every single allegation. Hey, uh, Vince, some people are saying you um, gave the kids who did Columbine their guns. Maybe I did. Would that be bad? <laughs> Sherry McTivitt just tackles him <laughs> out of the chair <laughs> yeah, yeah, shoots yeah. everyone with the camera, yeah, yeah. burns the tape. Uh, yeah, hello, Vince. I heard that... Um you were at the airport in Boston and you just saw some Middle Eastern people with box cutters. You looked at them in the face and went, you should drive that airplane into one of the World Trade Towers. They're disrupting my view when I was one time in a hotel on Wall Street. And they were like, wait, what? And he was like, do it. And then they're like, did you do this? And he was like, it wasn't destructing my view. I just didn't like that day. Jerry McDivitt just fucking hits Vince. <laughs> yeah, just kid, just, uh, yeah. Puts a bullet in Vince's neck that wasn't kill him. Just makes him paralyzed so we know he did wrong. And then murders everyone else to <laughs> yeah. do with the scene. Uh, Jeremy McDivitt has not slept since the middle 80s. He literally just sits in an he sits in an office chair in his house that and, and when he and he actually times it perfectly so that anytime the phone rings, he just picks it up and then wheels directly towards his car and speeds to a courthouse to immediately file for something. <laughs> All right, so she also said uh, McMahon made promises in the now piece. This is where we're talking to. She mentioned a half a million dollar contract. Meltzer notes that McMahon did not give wrestling performers guaranteed contracts at that point. I love, I love, I love, I love, I love that this is fucking Dave Meltzer's point. This is the most interesting part of this is Dave Meltzer, like the fucking maniac that he is. Ah, that's not what referees were paid there. So it wouldn't make, so she's clearly lying. It's not like she's been just promised an extortionate amount of money from the company at that time uh, to either be quiet or so that she would S a D. That's not possible. Dave Meltzer's like, no, they don't give guaranteed contracts at the time. No way that that's possible. How many Q-tips are in the Well, this is also, all this reporting is done in 1990, where it's like, hmm, a woman alleges this man wronged her. Let's poke holes in the woman's story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, But we should say this. um, I don't know if anyone here follows sports. If you do, there was a man, a goalie, uh, Ed Belfour, um, who got pulled over for drunk driving, and he tried to bribe each of the cops. He said he'd give them $2 million in cash on the spot. So... You say some fucked up shit while you're drunk. I am like Vince McMahon saying half a million dollars is hilarious because like it's still like he still lowballed a made up figure, which is pretty good. That is a very good point. Also, I totally forgot about that fucking uh, Ed Belfour. Man, Ed and Sasha Belfour, because Sasha Belfour ended up just marrying fucking DJ Tanner and being a nice boy. But Ed Belfour real really showed his Russianness, didn't he? Ed Belfour is not Russian. You're talking. You're thinking of the Burres. I am thinking of Burre. I'm thinking of Pavel and Sasha Burre. What What did Ed Belfour do besides bribe, the, bribe those guys? Valerie Burre. Oh my God, it's Valerie Burre. By the way, I have a new podcast called Remarkable Teams. It'll be coming out, I think, December 21st. Who knows? I think December 21st. Subscribe at Remarkable Teams on Twitter and Instagram. 
uh, or just follow my socials for any information. I'll post a teaser episode soon. Yeah, I don't care that Dylan is very upset me by he's branched out. So fucking I branched out too before he did. I got a Twitch stream Sunday through Thursday, 10 a.m. Pacific time, John Hastings comedy. We won't discuss stupid things like fucking Valerie fucking Burray or who gives a fuck. We'll talk about. Yeah, well, here's what John will do. John will be discussing the book Lolita and how he's licked every page clean of the leaves. Yeah, but that's all. That's only because I spilled marinara sauce on it. and I really like that marinara sauce. That's the only reason I did that, Dylan. Dylan. I think I think you'll find Lolita is really good because it gives me good thoughts. Why are you doing an impression of yourself? That's an impression of you. Let's do an impression of Vince McMahon. Oh, Here we go. Oh, um, go on. More about this what? encounter. She also said on the night this all allegedly happened, her career was going nowhere, and she was getting a few bookings, so she went to television taping in Poughkeepsie, because that's everything happens in Poughkeepsie and wrestling, where she wasn't booked to ask McMahon about her career. So basically, she's going... What's up with this? That's a Shane Helms impression to lighten the mood. Uh, thank God for that. She followed McMahon to the restaurant after the taping, where he was supposedly with many others talking about the taping, gave her the indication they'd talk about her career later. He asked her to follow her. Sorry. He asked her to follow him to a Denny's, and he invited her in the limo. She emphasized how in the wrestling business, you do just don't talk. You, uh, sorry. Just do not talk, and that she did contact a lawyer in 1986, but was told... It would be her word against his, this is all very true, and claimed with her parents in such poor health she did not proceed with any charges. Basically, she knew it was going to happen, which ended up did happening, which is everyone's going to call her that hoe knew she, what she was doing and uh, didn't want her like ailing father to see that. A joke I heard told in the 90s by a gym teacher at my high school was, uh, uh, it was told to another gym teacher they didn't know I was walking into the gym office, uh, which was uh, um, uh, a cop. A uh, woman's brought into, uh, brought into the precinct for rape, and the uh, cops go, uh, she gives the description, and the cop has to go, ma'am, why are you smiling? Jesus. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> yeah. And that's just my reaction to you having two gym teachers, Mr. Lottie Duff Frenchman. We had one high guy. That was our goddamn gym teacher. We, my high school, but I want to point this out, and I can't stress this enough. More gym teachers than math teachers. That's sick. So your high school was called appropriate school. Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, ladies' gym taught by a man. Welcome, welcome to Ottawa. We're real creeps here. So there's a man that came forward named Paul, Paul Baumgartner who claimed to be a former pro wrestler and apparently a small-time indie promoter in Ohio. In reality, Baumgartner claimed to have been good friends with... Sorry, he was in reality, he was just a small town promoter in Ohio. Baumgartner claimed to have been good friends with Rita Chatterton, the woman who has gone on to two television shows talking about the incident uh, involving Man McMahon directly. Baumgartner supposedly said that he did not know for certain, but he believed Chatterton's claim, and he later claimed that they were that there were parties trying to get him to change his story to discredit Chatterton. A few days later, of course, this is where it gets good, Jerry McDivitt. There we go came forth to a current affair with a man named Bill Ga Palmgardner who just wore all black with sunglasses. <laughs> they claimed, he claimed Bill, Ga Baum Bill Gardner came forward, said uh, Rita Chatterton's a bitch, and then um, shot every single person on camera, and Jerry McDivitt literally shape-shifted into a chair. Yeah, Jerry McDivitt walked onto the set of a current affair, walked up to Bill O'Reilly, went, you want to be a billionaire? And he was like, why? And he's like... I said, do you want to be a billionaire? And then he just whispered in his ear, looked him in the face and went, that goes away. Bill O'Reilly walked into the production staff, had the footage deleted that contradicted Vince McMahon's story. 20 minutes later, Roger Ailes calls and goes, little something called Fox News, kid. One thing led to another. Bill O'Reilly is doing a podcast that you can listen to excerpts of on YouTube that is a type of crazy that's pretty great. <laughs> this is really good, too, because their guy... Um, Bill Gardner claimed he was coming forward to say Chatterton told him he was making up her story. Why would you tell someone that, hey, I am making this up? I mean, this is this is my favorite part of it. Nothing makes me go. That what made me be like, Vince did this shit for sure, is this right here. Because this is clear. This next part is so good. This is Vince McMahon. This, is, this smacks of McMahon logic. I know how to discredit her. We'll just get a guy. To, we'll get a man to tell the other men she's lying. They'll all believe me. We don't. We'll go out for a steak. By the way, believe anything. We don't believe anything by the way. This is all alleged. One 
but their witness is a man named Wolfman. Yeah. And to be fair, it is hard to take wrestling seriously when it's like um, this horrible sexual assault happened. Um, but as you'll see, the Wolfman, <laughs> like the Wolfman, is only a guy who did a lot of blow in the seventies. What's more who exciting is that, of course, Vince McMahon was like, "There's only one way." To make sure that no one else knows we did this, and that is if we get the unassailable testimony of the Wolfman. Like, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And here's the testimony of the Wolfman. It was, uh, I'll tell you something, dude. Rita Chatterton was handing out pie like everybody, brother. And I don't trust them. Who? You know who I'm talking about, dude. Um, It's so funny. I... um. What was I going to say? Is that if the Wolfman, yeah, they had recordings of his testimony and he was just like, what's up, dude? It's me, the Wolfman, brother. Let me tell you this, dude. And you're like, what the fuck? In the fucking, <laughs> my name is the Wolfman, dude. I'm a wolf, dude. Yeah. Whoa. whoa let me, what you going to do, Rita Chatterton, when me, the Wolfman, not Terry Balea Hulk Hogan, dude, runs wild, dude, on you, dude. Like, oh, yeah. The Wolfman, the the Wolfman is Shane McMahon. That's who the Wolfman. Like the Wolfman. <laughs> Daddy's making me do this. Pardon me. I mean, I'm a wolf. Oh, it's so fucking creepy. Oh, it's all just so fucking creepy. It's not good. So here's what happens. After the incident, there's apparently Dave Meltzer talked to two unnamed major stars who corroborated Chatterton's inc- incidents. Uh, sorry corroborated Chatterton's story and supposedly at one point David Schultz was trying to set up a class action suit against Panda 92 and knew about Chatterton's story and contacted her and she denied a rape story but later on she went back to Schultz years before any of this book publicly in early 1992 and told the story uh, she later went on to t- uh, public with like the exact story. Stewart, the limo driver, was there to confirm everything. Chatterton said up to the point she went into the limo. From that point on, it was one person's word, Chatterton, against another's silence, McMahon. Legally, the statute of limitations, of course, had run out years ago. Of course, um, Dave, she did not tell Dr. D. David Schultz anything. She probably was terrified. She probably was walking to her car and David Schultz just emerged out of a pond nearby covered in mud and said, I heard you got some gripes. And then she went, ah, and he's like, that's her story. And then that was what happened. Here's the main thing that we need to take away from all of this is that in all of these stories, because there's a lot of fear and a lot of power from the um, uh, the alleged victimizer, victims take a long time to come forward. And in that time, a lot of supporters melt away. The story gets forgotten. And when they do finally work up the courage to take their power back, they sometimes have to make um, uh, uh, relationships with very scary, weird people. And nothing... Nothing is scarier or weirder than saying that you were assaulted and that one of your main defenders is a child's drawing of the phrase assault, Dr. D. David Schultz. Well, it's also, and I, I mean, obviously we're two gross men here, so we're not going to summarize this the best, but it's also like kind of the exact same thing. Like people talk about incidents like this in the early 90s, the way people do when they talk when they fall for scams now, where it's like how could you do that? How could you be so dumb? Of course they were going to do that. You're dumb, you're stupid. And much like scams, it's like, yeah, I know it was bad. I'm if I'm equating this to scam still, I'm out $700,000. I know it's sad and in obviously it was dumb. But like can't you just console me for nine seconds here why does yeah it's exactly that like it's again it's one of those things where as i get older the more and more people that just tell you the what you should do and you're like that's not helping that doesn't help yeah of course just open your ears guys and listen listen to us two perverts to talk about this incredibly sensitive subject there you go so the su- so what does McMahon do? What do you think Vince? This is very important. Vince and Linda McMahon do is they fucking sue, buddy. Oh yeah, that baby. Nothing. I'll sue you. Yeah. Jerry McDivitt, of course, shows up um, in Geraldo's bathtub. Geraldo says, well, that's not my ducky. And Jerry McDivitt says, this is, and files a lawsuit. And then a long kiss on the lips with no tongue, just hard lips. I, again, Jerry McDivitt. He heard about this story and he just looked into the, he looked into his own soup and went, 
this will be the last meal I have for a while. And then they're like, what? And then he threw that soup at a woman that he thought resembled Rita Chatterton. Um, <laughs> also, David Schultz got served a lawsuit, and you can only imagine that David Schultz was just like, I don't know, in knee-deep, knee-deep, trying to catch frogs with his hands, Jerry McDivitt, hand, hand it, like tried to serve him the lawsuit, and he said, I don't recognize no U.S. courts. You got to beat me in the ring, and Jerry McDivitt did. Jerry McDivitt also was like, we're, we, will take every, we will take you for everything that you're worth, David, and then he handed him $5, and then he went, you're now worth $5, David, and Dr. God damn it, you got me again. Here are the main claims within the suit. <laughs> uh, Chatterton was dismissed, dismissed as a referee in and around 1986 because she was not a competent referee and posed a danger to herself in the ring. I mean, what the fuck does that mean? Schultz's contractual relationship with Titan was terminated in 1985 because of his erratic, violent behavior, which included but was not limited to the incident with John Stossel. Number three, in and around 1988, Schultz hired Anthony Toke, or Toos, as a private investigator for the purposes of attempting to obtain negative information about McMahon and Titan Sports. Tose, Touche, Tosse conducted a tape in her recorded interview with Chatterton in and around 1988 in which Chatterton made no uh, allegation of sexual misconduct against McMahon. It's because her parents were still alive and she was really fucking scared. Number four, in 1992, Schultz granted interviews where he promised to expose uh, alleged sexual preferences and expose improprieties of Titan Sports. In these various appearances, he never named names. Well, that's because it's David Schultz, and he was probably like, I'm on too many barbiturates to remember that many syllables. Uh, Schultz also entered into number five. Schultz entered into an agreement with the agents of Riviera to provide the show with disparaging information about McMahon and Titan Sports. I mean, that's a beautiful legal way of going Schultz entered into an appearance contract with the producers of Riviera's show and he gave disparaging information because that's what he was talking about talking about on the show therefore he entered into that agreement to give them disparaging information like it's that it's a beautiful fucking manipulation number six schultz conducted chatterton to induce her and to make false claims that McMahon had raped her while she was affiliated with the wwf Okay, this is where it's like, wait, no. I don't know if you've met David Schultz. He's not using the word induce, nor is he smart enough. Like his, <laughs> he'd be like, ah, this woman claims Vince McMahon PP sitting down. That is a woman's thing. That is a treason against the flag. Like have him arrested in Florida where that is against the law. And then police would come and arrest him in Florida because they were like, he's like, what the hell is this? He's like, uh, Mr. McMahon, you've been accused of pissing sitting down. That is in violation of eight different laws in the state of Florida. Um, uh, I mean, we are not even done. There's, there's so much more here too. Like this, the, I sent like it's like, and then it go, it moves on. Chatterton was promised legal counsel to represent her in an attempt to secure money from McMahon, not to air her story. Like what? Like what that means? Like you, but you're le you have a legal right to counsel. Who promised you that? Schultz arranged in March of '92 for Chatterton to make a tape recording, purportedly may have her, uh, uh, having been the one done in 1988, in which Chatterton would claim that she had been raped like oh no they didn't record it in 88 they recorded it in 92 schultz directed to say to a hotel in connecticut around march 19th of 1992 to interview chatterton schultz instructed to say to hide two tape recorders in that room and keep both recordings going at all times the third tape recorder was to only be the one seen by chatterton the concealed tape recorders were designed to pick up everything said in the room even when chatterton believed she wasn't being recorded like wh why would they why would you do that on or about uh, go ahead i was gonna say the lawsuit is just is, like all these different things like there's literally there's a million charges he puts against chatterton dave schultz and geraldo and it all serves one purpose which is change the story to about the lawsuit vince mcmahon has against these three people and this is really this is interesting because um how do you want to say this rita chatterton vince mcmahon this man sexually assaulted me is a story that everyone can sink their teeth into and you put it Vince McMahon against Rita Chatterton. Now, effectively, you're trying to try Vince McMahon and it's only as weak as your weakest point, which is now instead of um, I worked for this guy and he exploited me, very relatable story, everyone can put themselves there, is now... Um, this guy that slapped a reporter out of nowhere and this guy who's clearly an ambulance chaser are looped in now. So now you've got two are le less than, I can't think of a word, they're less than savory characters, but they're like scumbags are now looped in with this woman who, 
allegedly had a horrible thing happen to him. So now it's like he's effectively tied everyone else up in this thing. And it's, I mean, legally, it's, it's, it is what it is. Obviously, Vince McMahon's not in jail, so we all know how this ends. Yeah. And then he goes on other stories. Like, he goes on Entertainment Tonight, and um, he alleges that Rivera gave him two choices, come up with $5 million, which is the amount that Wolf, who was Chatterton's attorney, requested from Titan as a settlement prior to the story writing, or he would air Chatterton's story. And, um, of course he did. He just says a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> Yeah, in the end, the thing, basically, the entire uh, situation can be comprised of this: Vince McMahon probably did something um, to Chatterton, and then he quickly got Jerry McDivitt, who is essentially just a, a great white shark, but with information to eat Rita Chatterton. Yeah, just drown. And it's the thing that was up. It, it was like it's 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 the thing. It's hard to go up against. If something bad happens to you and you're up against, like, obviously a guy who's a millionaire at this point, even though he's tied up with a million lawsuits, like, as we mentioned, the steroid trial, um, the class action suit from Dave Schultz. And this is another thing that happens every so often is someone does have a class action suit because clearly Vince McMahon has employees and he's treating them as subcontractors. Raven tried another one. Yeah. Um, so now there's precedent that they aren't, um, obviously the Twitch stuff, everyone was like, are they going to unionize? No, they're not. Like how hard it is to get wrestlers to like call, come together. Like let's pool all our money together and attack this billionaire. Oh, it turns out we uh, pulled out all our money together. He's going to win by so much still. He'll just drown us in legal fees. Yeah. It's again, in the end it's going, it's also Vince McMahon. Like, oh, you have some anger towards me. He's like, Vince McMahon was raised by him self. And he doesn't tire of the fight because everyone go, I'm beating daddy. I'm beating daddy. <laughs> he loves fights. Like he loves legal fights. It, it, to him, a legal fight is the exact same as when the kids would come to the other side of the track in South Carolina. He got beat up once when he was eight and is never happening again. Yeah, like bear in mind Vince McMahon in the WWF narrative talks about how he beat the US government in the steroid trial. Like that's so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> So Jerry McDivitt said the company was still calculating the damage they believe was caused by the Riviera story and the story's Mushnick uh, by Mushnick, of course, Phil Mushnick. We all know Phil Mushnick just printed. And this is the other thing. Now he's now she's in bed with Phil Mushnick, who said uh, the Brooklyn Nets might as well be called the Brooklyn N-Word. Oh, so that's what's on your side there. yes. That's why Dylan always reads this column. But predicts the, the figure will be in the millions. One interesting thing is to note about assessing the Mushnick damage is that throughout the time period when Mushnick was writing articles, the WWF attendants in New York, three metro areas, were the only areas in which the gates did not plummet in 1992. In plain English, we were sick of it, said the Fairfield paper. Bashing Vince McMahon has become a cottage industry. Geraldo said to Vince, "We've got women here who, cl- uh, a woman here who claims you raped her. Do you want to come on to deny that? What kind of choice is that? It gives it dignity if it, if he appears, and that's bullshit. Jesus Christ." Uh, again, in the end, this is what it comes down to for me. Vince McMahon definitely did some fucked up shit, and he used his legal assassin to get him out of it. In my personal opinion, you do the research. I did not, I co-pay a gentleman in England to do it, so he has nightmares, and I get all of the venom out by talking to a fucking man with psoriasis who for sure isn't wearing underwear, but is wearing a jockstrap. Always wear underwear, can't understand why people don't. I'm wearing them right now. I'll go on, I've worn underwear every day since I was, I can remember years old, and never shit in them, never gonna. I've shit in, I, I, I am this calendar year had my very first really? chart yeah it was fucking crazy mm. did it, i did a juice cleanse and let me tell you what happens with a juice cleanse it turns every fart into a real uh uh look and see situation and <laughs> i st- and to end this uh s- sorry i stood up and it was one of those ones where it literally it sounded like this it went like this <sighs> and then my entire back felt cold and i just walked into the bathroom and it was, I moved so quickly that the smell hit me, and I was wearing very absorbent shorts at the time, thank God. And let's just say those were thrown into a dumpster, and woe betide the homeless man that went in there looking for bagels. <laughs> John, that was a fun story. In 2017, Jessica Carr 
whose real name, Jessica Heiser, 25, she was in Ring of Honor as a referee, debuted at the Mae Young Classic as the first women's referee in company history. So they're just trying to erase, read a chat. Oh, yeah, of course they are. I mean, you're not, but at the same time, you're not going to be like, the first woman's referee is this lady who uh, claims I did this. And I'll say this. Give me the microphone. Vince, no, I didn't do it. All right? Jerry, get her. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, of course. I guarantee, by the way, that they worked out some legal wrangling or it's like, we're talking about the WWE, not the WWF. Therefore, we are accurate. Therefore, we win. That is a amazing point, John. And on the first good point you've made in your fucking life, we're going to take a break. So listen to this message you've heard two 5,000 times. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hi, everyone. I think you're all wondering... Does Dylan use condoms? No. And that's why you need to donate to Patreon, because he has a lot of children his wife doesn't know about. I am the king. I coined the phrase risky cream pie, (laughs) and you need to give to Patreon to help my maybe there's a baby fund. Patreon.com backslash wrestler review. If you don't want to do that, uh, you're a fucking loser. But if you're still a fucking loser and you're okay with that, rate us on iTunes. It does help. With the algorithms for old fucking uh, Steve Slobs' goddamn Apple things. So rate us on iTunes, rate us on SoundCloud, rate us in real life, 1 to 10. Here's a hint, we're both 10s. Let's all take it out, take it out, and show it to me, Dylan. So this is fun because we get to talk about three more allegations. Oh, yeah. There's, of course, the 1999 $100 million lawsuit filed against the WWE by Sable. She alleged that someone shit in her stuff. That person was definitely Sean Waltman because they've talked about it a lot. She also claimed that um, she saw a lot of wrestlers have rage, as she assumed from steroids. And she also said that she suffered from a fair amount of humiliation dressing down felt that she was her inner her well-being was interfered she didn't feel that she was in a safe state of mind uh and that men would routinely walk into women's dressing rooms uh men would cut holes in the walls to watch women dress that's that's the one where i'm like they were making glory they didn't own these buildings um extras were hired as <laughs> wwf regulators to um expose their uh, that one's weird because it's like how thin are the walls I mean, I think that that, pro- like, who the fuck knows? But it's just drywall. It's also, these are wrestlers. Like, these are incredible. This is Attitude Era, which is like, oh, we're supposed to be testing for steroids. And by that, I mean, if, you're go- if you've are if you held the Intercontinental title more than once, you are on them. And, like, like it's, again, it's Vince McMahon is, is drunk with power again. So you know what that means? Boys will be treating women like they are property. Go ahead, boys. Fuck a wall. Like, it's fucking crazy. Like, Again, this is the era that brought us Steve Austin, a man that was like, I'll tell you how much beer I drank. I do not remember being married to or beating the shit out of Deborah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have a son that I don't, I don't talk to because I just don't believe he's my son. Yeah, give me a hell yeah if you know you have daughters, but you do not know where they are, hell yeah. <laughs> so yeah, alleging, obviously, steroids, alleges he was um, asked to expose her breast by mistake on national television during a, during a match, and I believe that for sure. Yeah, it's again, also that uh, Vince McMahon constantly was just like, let me drink your pee. Or you drink my pee, and she was just like, I don't want to do any of that. And he was like, but I'm the yellow bandit. Okay, just me then. Fine. Glug, glug, glug. I'm going to just think it's your pee, so it makes it good for me. Why are you leaving? Now, eventually, and what's so amazing about this is um, there were big nipples uh, contests engaged in. Men regularly bragged about their uh, sexual encounters without regard for the women present. WWF produced catalogs and T-shirts depicting Mrs. Merrow in a degrading fashion, offering sexual favors. And if Mrs. Merrow was requested to display affection to women to promote a lesbian angle. Mrs. Merrow was asked to have her gown ripped off repeatedly, notwithstanding promises to the contrary. And the plaintiff was asked to expose her breasts by mistake on national wrestling television during a wrestling contest oh no yeah but basically she settles of after all these allegations and here's by the way how you know that her her grounds were absolutely absolutely substantiated in that i guarantee legal falcon jerry mcdivitt was like but she was in playboy and that means she's bad and then he looked at the evidence and was like, we will be settling this case. Because the thing with the fucking Vince McMahon is, unlike Donald Trump and a lot of other people of his ilk, he doesn't settle that many cases. Like, he literally uses like... Yeah, he likes to fight. 
Yeah, we can do one of two things. We can either uh, we can either admit defeat, or we can not do any, or we can uh, be me. Wait, what? And he's like, oh, we there is no such thing as defeat. But you've already died. No. Yeah, Vince McMahon has never swam. He has fought water. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then I beat the shit out of that fucking water. Here comes a 2006 allegation. On a Saturday afternoon in January 2006, a young woman walked into a Papa's John's Pizza at, guess where? Boca Raton Strip Mall, baby. Ooh, this this thing's got everything I like about a allegation of sexual assault. It happened in Florida. A Papa John's is involved, and Vince McMahon definitely was a perpetrator. Was he at a tanning salon where he supposedly held this woman for 45 minutes trying to grab her on her no thank yous? The answer is... Give me a hell yeah. Of course it was, because Vincent Wynn's a fucking monster. Go ahead, Dylan. Oh, yeah. This is all from a Deadspin article, but uh, the woman who worked at the tanning salon a few years down uh, was in tears. A man had just tried to, and this is a quote, attack and rape her. At the salon, she told an employee employee of the pizza joint. That man was identified as Vincent Kennedy McMahon, the Broca Raton police. The Boca Raton police believe that they had enough evidence on file to file an arrest warrant against McMahon for misdemeanor behavior, simple battery after the tan- after the tanning salon employee accused him of groping her and trying to kiss her. And this is according to a police report reviewed by the Daily Beast. The allegation against McMahon was covered at the time by local media and an associated press report. Some of the details about the alleged crime were included in the reports, but press attention dissipated after McMahon was not criminally charged, with prosecutors citing a lack of independent evidence. Ooh, now, no. McMahon, who is married to Miss Linda, and now chief of the Small Business Administration for President Donald Trump, this is directly from the Deadspin article, strongly denied the allegation at the time he did not respond to requests for comment on this article. That's my favorite part, by the way, is did not respond for... Uh, uh, comment, but you know that he was just like, I got old Vin, Vin Man has something to say, or give me a hell yeah. Like, you know that he had some, he wanted to respond. How could, how could I have, how could I have attacked that woman? She's not a person. Like, like, oh God, Vince. Also, Jeremy, McD- sorry, oh. I tried to take a can of beer out of a fridge. Also, I want to point this out. Uh, Vince McMahon looking considerably less tanned in recent years. <laughs> that is true the police report notes that this case is ex- exceptionally cleared by the by the state attorney um whose name is ronald trump <laughs> is that true <laughs> yeah it's donald trump in the wario mustache oh that'd be really f- yeah my name is Donald dump <laughs> now John, Go that ahead. one's bad. That is true. Now, do you want to talk about the saddest one? No, I hate it. I hate this episode so much. <sighs> I mean, I don't know how Joe Rogan does it. I don't know how Joe Rogan does it every day, just exposing all of those, all, all the things that we should be doing better. I can't believe it. Also, by the way, side, complete sidebar, and let's all just enjoy this. Joe Rogan went on Alex Jones's show this week. I watched 30 seconds of it, and... It was a symphony of, it was literally just like, wow, Joe Rogan's made a lot of money, but he's clearly just, he's crossed over from that, like, I'm a dude, bro, but I got stuff to say to being like, oh, you're a fucking idiot, where he's just like, all this is all I saw, and this is just a little respite before we get back into more awful, where he just goes, Alex, I understand that, but I just want to talk about this universe right now, and Alex is full (laughs) sweating, and you're just like, what? Welcome to 2020, boys. Hope both of you saved your money because there will be no room for you in the future. Oh, that's right, everyone. John Hastings really fucking taking his career in his fucking hands going after comedy Jesus Joe Rogan. I mean, they're definitely going to have money. They both essentially own states almost. I mean, yeah, Joe Rogan definitely will. I think he's the rumor rumor around the old comedy campfire is he's about to open his own comedy club on Texas, possibly on his own property, which is is mucho Howard uh, Howard Hughes territory. I am a comedian. I will not leave the land I own. This is this is my land. Oh, this is my land. I'm fucking libertarian in a way that's so fucking crazy. 
Yeah, he probably pats you down, and then he's like, well, I don't have a gun. He's like, that's the problem. Yeah, exactly. If the comedian's too funny, shoot him. And if he's not funny, shoot him. And if it's a woman, then shoot yourself. So, 2019. No. The year of our Lord. Everyone can still, you can fucking still shake hands with people. Um, there's a, a whole handshake thing people are doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a shocking turn of events, the former lawyer of Ashley Massaro, a former WWE diva who had passed away in that year, has put out pictures of an affidavit filed by him on behalf of their late client. This document alleges that WWE tried to cover up a case of sexual assault uh, on Masaro while she was part of a show that the company had organized on a U.S. military base in Kuwait in 2006. Ladies and gentlemen, big year for t- big big year in 2006 for old Vince McMahon. You know, he's heading to ta- uh, tanning salons and um, making women feel uncomfortable, probably because he had just come back from Kuwait and he was like, "I like the gusto." Jesus Christ. Allegedly, supposedly, supposedly, allegedly. Go ahead. There you go. The affidavit say that the military, a military doctor had drugged the former wrestler and then he uh-oh'd, uh, raped or molested her. But the most shocking part of the affidavit is the where she claims that WWE boss Vince McMahon persuaded Massaro not to file a case and hush it up. There have been legal troubles... It's your word versus the word of a soldier, Ashley, and he's died for your freedom, and you are scum in my eyes. Yeah, uh, you're not going to ruin the military. We need this. Yeah, is this, that that is a that is that is that is an awful. Like it's just this. Some of this shit is beyond words. Honestly, the Ashley Massaro thing, I didn't read. <laughs> ahead of time but i should have i did i read it all and i just went oh because that one is the that one's the one where it's like oh this is the one with this one that i always think of is this vince mcmahon probably did some fucked up shit this one he was he this came across his desk and he was like well tell her not to say anything we're getting like we're getting good press out of those military boys what like you know it's not like women buy products only the military does it's just like fuck you man well, they need it all. I mean, I guess it's 2006. They're trying to rehab their image from basically doing th- horrible things for seven years. Uh, part of it, the Attitude Era, and part of it, the Ruthless Aggression Era. So part of it helped the company, and part of it did not. But to these revelations, this is their statement on Ashley Massaro. Let me just say death. this to Vince McMahon. Um, I just want to say this to Vince McMahon. Really, almost a shirt. You your pants. I almost. I was. So, it came so close. I. I felt a, a a big log unglued in my backside, and I had to clench. So WWE is saddened by the death of Ashley Massaro, and we reiterate our condolences to her family. However, we regret that her attorney has filed multiple cases against WWE, lost all of them, and was sanctioned multiple times by the court for repeated misconduct and false allegations, is using Ashley's death to further a malicious campaign against WWE by releasing an affidavit that she submitted to the court and later apologized to WWE for being involved with, so we wish to make things crystal clear so basically it's like sorry that you're uh dead but fuck you (laughs) i really love this whole move because it was basically like so he's like let me tell you why she's not telling the truth because her lawyer has lost other times to us therefore she can't be telling the truth that's how the truth works yeah that's like someone beats you in a basketball game and you're like that you couldn't have won because you've lost a basketball games before yeah, there's a couple of things you need to know about me. One, I am here to destroy all the mo- movement of feminism. Two, my name is Jerry McDivitt. There are no mirrors in my house because if I see a mirror, I just my boss will end up doing cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I wonder if Vince McMahon, if they don't have something at a restaurant, if he just sues the waiter. Um, a hundred percent. Uh, no, I don't think he does. I think I'm that, suing for that. No, I think what he does is he waits for something bad to happen to the waiter, and he goes, I could help you on this, but I'm going to keep it quiet because I actually am on the side of the perpetrator in this case. The Ashley Massara thing is so fucked up. In a, like, it just... It, this sounds really, really crazy, Dylan, but I always knew I didn't care for tribute to the troops as a piece of WWE programming, and now I have my reason why. It's, 
Yeah, it's crazy, man. It really makes me not want to watch any of those tributes. I mean, not that I ever watched a tribute to the troops, but Jesus Christ. Because then they release other statements that it's like, uh, if that had happened, we would have said shit about it. So, fuck off. Yeah, I mean, of course. Yeah, but I mean, the statements that the WWE, of course the WWE is going to like release, that did not happen. But if it did, we would have said something because that is a no-no and we are a yes-yes. So, Christos, uh, sorry, uh Basically, this man has a in- incredibly. Uh, Constantine Kairos is Ashley Massaro's lawyer, and he responded by telling the New York Times that he is completely unaware of his apology, <laughs> the WWE that was referenced, and stating the case with her wasn't withdrawn and is still pending in court. So this thing is still live. Woo! I mean, it's got everything. And also, by the way, this it does go into a very big narrative of the war in Iraq and the war in Afghanistan, is that there was huge amounts of reports of a variety of different sexual assaults being perpetrated by commanding officers towards females that were involved either in the private or the military sectors in that uh in those wars and it's been routine routinely and it's one of those things where there's been various legislation attempted to be passed to uh provide an ability for reports to be made because as it stands right now this may have changed but at some point in like in those wars there was no actual way for a female soldier to confidentially go to someone to be like hey my commanding officer raped me because right now the plan is you have to say that into a microphone in front of all of the soldiers and they are not wearing trousers and you say it in front of a photo of, Don- of a skype call with donald trump and he's eating a very sloppily put together chicken parm sandwich yeah like um that is, if you guys want to read up on horrible things that happen in war, just go to Dylan God's blog. But we're going to go back to um, doing a wrestling show next week because you guys thought we were done talking about Vince McMahon, but it's actually going to be two years of Vince McMahon now because you guys have been bad. Yeah. <laughs> That's your punishment. <laughs> We'll do another fucking year of this bullshit. Yeah, I hope you guys are excited for next year, the year of us just talking about each day of 2020 in the year of Vince McMahon. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about um, each episode we did of the year of McMahon. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Yeah, I would like I want to I want to do that. Po- the wrestler, the the wrestler, wrestler review review. <laughs> John, you know what? I'm going to tell you right now, as a as a friend, that's the end of the episode. I'm the not only do- worst things. Yeah, there's the w- no best things. Yeah, the wor- the worst thing is all of these incidences uh, may have taken place. All of the women were victims and not given any sort of way to have power. The double worst thing is poor Sable won that lawsuit and then returned to the company in 2003, where she was made to be Vince McMahon's girlfriend. That is. That, for me, will forever be one of the weirdest things in wrestling ever. And then she continues her punishment to this day because she met her future husband and continual tormentor, Brock. Um, I didn't ask for these goddamn eggs. I asked for different types of eggs. Well, what type of eggs do you want, Brock? I don't know. Anticipate my needs, Lesnar. I mean, good goddamn Christ. Wrestling is creepy enough as it is and then the and then the guy who's most closely uh with wrestling you read up on him and it's yeah i mean i'm gonna say this right now somehow vince mcmahon i feel like he looked in the mirror in 1986 and he's like i've smashed the territories and now to make sure that i'm also known as the biggest monster of all the wrestling promoters as well good goddamn christ well that's the end of this fucking horror show of an episode john promote your fucking twitch i'm not gonna i've already promoted it early in the episode and i feel very uncomfortable i'm sorry if i drifted off or wasn't paying attention throughout some of this episode to our listeners it just fills me with horror that this man still continues to walk the earth and is is a billionaire literally a billionaire everybody and by the way the difference between a millionaire and a billionaire 11 uh uh a million seconds is 11 minutes a billion seconds is like 33 years or something crazy like that. And 33, by the way, is the age at which Vince McMahon considers all women to be dead now. That's the end of this episode. Get to us on Twitter at Wrestler Review, on Instagram at Wrestler Review. My new podcast called Remarkable Teams. That is about sports. If you like sports, 
and that'll be debuting i'm looking at december 21st but i'll release a teaser episode with more about that um just follow me at dylan got on twitter and instagram d-y-l-a-n-g-o double up that t at the john hastings on twitter oh john hastings i will be by the way hang on uh, my Instagram is at the John Hastings Twitter uh, Twitch stream uh, John Hastings Comedy. By the way, just so you all know, I'll be releasing my own podcast as well. It's called Remarkable Streams, and it's where I talk about various <laughs> loads throughout history. You have no loads. I have big loads. Thank you very much. Our first episode launching December 20th, one day before Dylan's ripoff show, discusses the load the created Dylan got. It's the only time cum has ever been seen smoking and then having to take a break mid-shoot. I'm tired, said the load that created Dylan. I really hate that this is how we're ending the episode. I'm so sorry, everybody. I keep forgetting what the content of the show is.